Hi, welcome to our podcast. I'm Eller, the Disciple. And I am Tally, the Dissenter. This is the audio version of our YouTube video that is posted. Please um, check out the links in the description if you would like to see the video version. Thank you. Hi, welcome to our channel. I'm Eller the disciple. And I'm Tally, the dissenter. So today we want to look closer at how you have the difficult conversations using a roadmap for some of the principles that are really important as you're having difficult discussions. I am going to be leveraging Brene Brown's braving tool along with some information from a building trust training that I attended. The BRAVING tool is an acronym for conversation guide for walking through a conversation from a place of curiosity to learning to trust. So the acronym is B for boundaries, R for reliability, A for accountability, V for vault, I for integrity, N for non-judgment, and G for generosity. And we're going to talk more about each of these, starting first with boundaries. Yeah, Eller. So what are boundaries? So, Is this okay? <laughs> uh, we're very close. <laughs> Physically and emotionally and metaphorically. <laughs> so the most important thing is before you have any difficult conversation, you have to understand your own values. Know your values. Know what you say you're about. For me, I'm about love. And I think that you are too. Yeah, I mean, this is a conversation that we had before of like, what are some of our base values? And I think if you are in the position with the person that you're having these conversations with um, to have a chance to talk about values maybe you can kind of find those shared values for us i think knowing that you are still coming like from that place of love and i'm coming from that place of love it helps because we are kind of we're also trying to get to the same destination in a way so we've almost planned a trip together um even if we think we should take different routes right and when we say love, I, for me, what I mean by that is respecting your personhood. Mm -hmm. Okay. But instead I'm, of trying to undermine it. Well, and I think I, when I say it, I mean specifically like love and like the all encompassing, like I fully, and maybe it's cheesy or whatnot, but I do fully believe in loving every person in an, as an individual, respecting them. Um, and yeah and how do you act with love there are definitely things that you cannot do and still be a loving person agreed all right and so once you get past the know your values and that right there you might need to stop this video and go spend a day who <laughs> or a week or a, a, i don't know maybe longer but um hopefully you do have that person to talk to because that's really a helpful thing mm -hmm. along that journey but then secondly is when it comes to boundaries, if you are then, I know my values, I'm ready to have the difficult conversation, is 
know when to stop or put a pause on the conversation or take a rest. So with this of what you were saying, I feel that one of the things that is also good with this knowing when to take a, a pause is practicing these skills in a time that you're not anxious, you're not. It's harder to access the part of your brain that knows it's time to like take a break. And it just has to do with our emotions. Or if you're like me, I am somebody, I'm just gonna say this now because it's probably gonna come up at some point. I do have ADHD. I have some impulse control issues. (laughs) So we both do. That's, but that's what this a timeout is for. Sometimes it's like literally just having some little physical thing like that. And I think that helps. And I mean, I have heard it said from multiple different sources that one of the ways that you do this is like, if you need that break, one, yes, practice when you're not in a heightened state of emotion, but also um, make sure you try to give it more of a time frame of like, hey, you know, I think I need to go calm down right now. Can we come back in 30 minutes and talk about this? Try to give a time frame if possible, because that's going to help the other person from like feeling anxious that it's not whatever the discussion is isn't going to be taken care of. Or if you're like me, you'll just like forget what happened and why you were mad. (laughs) Well, and then the other thing is, is just respecting that other person if they say they need a break, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and doing that. So let's go on to reliability. So reliability is really important. When we get new information, what do we do? Mm. And do we recognize that there might be cognitive dissonance? Do we recognize that there might be an inconsistency between what we say and what we do? And if we're being called on that, if we are a reliable human being, to actually um, own that. And that even goes a little bit into accountability, but part of being reliable, they kind of go hand in hand, the reliable and the accountable. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's also an understand, again, this is talking about how we tend to dig in if something challenges our worldview. Um, But I think that trying to understand like what your goal is in some ways this goes back to the boundaries of like knowing your values one of the values for me is i like to try and act on an evidence-based like way of being um or i like to try to understand what science is saying what's going on with xyz thing so I might have a preconception about something and I am like trying to make sure that I'm, I'm going from this place that I might be wrong. Um, and don't want to get on too much of a tangent, but there is going to be, I think we'll get to this at different times. Um, one of the things that you'll, notice that we talk about a little bit is kind of the the good white person of like the person who thinks they're not racist um because they don't hate people of other races but not realizing that we should be starting from 
what if I'm one of the bad ones instead of what if I'm one of the good ones? Because that makes space for us to learn and to understand that we don't have it all figured out. And I will tell, I want to tell a story mm-hmm. about this because from our journey and you gave me permission. So yeah. I'm going to share. Um, when you came out to me, I, um, was pretty devastated at the same time. I had also kind of seen, uh, evidence before that, that I had been ignoring and trying not to listen to or pay attention to or dismiss. And, um, I definitely was not ready to have the conversation. (laughs) Um, but I also wasn't ready to not have you in my life either. And so it was really important to figure out, okay, well, I have this new information and I I still value you and your personhood and who you are. And I still want you to be part of my life. So how do I um, work through that? And so curiosity, I mentioned it earlier, but I think that that really is the biggest thing is I think when we've gotten our biases and we've gotten our preconceived ideas we neglect curiosity so curiosity really helps and it helped me to think about well what is it like for you to have to even tell me that you're not that you were not the person i thought you were Mm. well if just a side note if you want to know what it was like it was me making sure that I already had moved out um, so that I knew that you couldn't kick me out of the house. So that was one of the things that I had done. Um, I, I want to point out that also curiosity comes easier to some of us than others. Um, <laughs> I am always learning stuff <laughs> and I'm always trying to learn stuff. And I will be like, I want to know why we had this mama cat that we fostered and she has five kittens and they're all different colors. And I will spend two hours researching cat genetics. So, you know, <laughs> if you can try to just find a little bit of that and maybe don't spend that much time on a rabbit hole, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I'm going to go on to yeah. accountability. So um, what are you responsible for? Um, do you need to listen? or to think, or to step back, or to apologize, or to make amends, or to ask questions. And accountability in that space was, okay, you let me know, Mm -hmm. and you had moved out, Mm -hmm. and I didn't try to keep you from moving out. I was heartbroken at the time, but we still found a way Mm -hmm. we still kept in touch Mm -hmm. we 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 definitely went through a period where we weren't as close as we had been but i was still part of your life well and i think so we're kind of going through this a little bit with i recently told uh my grandfather that i am queer and non-binary and it via a letter um after a recent visit I gave him the letter at the end of the visit and said you know he could sit down and read it when he was ready um he has not said anything to me and it's been a couple of weeks now um and so it's been kind of just like a waiting game but 
honestly, there was definitely a point in my life where I felt like our relationship had this big chasm because I couldn't be me. Um, I felt that I wasn't, that you didn't know who I was because I wasn't sharing that. Yeah. I wasn't being honest about who I was. Yeah. And so our relationship did suffer and because I always, I felt like you didn't want to know me. And some of that was being around that sort of dogma that I was around at the, the um, when I was going to the Christian school that was surrounded by a lot of fundamentalists. And I hadn't, we hadn't been having any of these sorts of conversations. Right. So I had right. no idea that your beliefs were different. Um, well, and at that phase, I was evolving. I wasn't where I am now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not always as curious as you are, but I am very much interested in becoming a better person every day. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm curious about. Maybe not two hours on cat genetics, but it's you very know. fascinating though. <laughs> you shared it with me pretty quickly. It was very, it was very interesting. Yeah, I distilled but, it to its base form. <laughs> I mean, part of it was my boundary. Right. Part of it was me still learning too. And so that, and it's okay. I want to, I want to really, really give yourself permission. When and even grace. actually. Yeah, we're going to actually talk about that a little bit more yeah. um, as we get to the other pieces. But let's go on then to Bolt. So Bolt is understanding, first of all, asking yourself a question. Have you been, have you been entrusted with another's vulnerability? Mm. And then do you protect confidences and confidentiality? This goes back to the whole um coming out aspect of like i mean i'll just share that you also wrote a follow-up letter to be read after to let my grandpa your father know that um that information has been shared with him that is not his to tell to the rest of our family uh, there are other members of my family that do not know and I suppose if they find this video somehow, they will know. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think it'll necessarily be that easy. But, you know, it was just one of those things that you did mention that it was like, for you, you've spent, you've known since I was 17. And I am 35 almost. Yeah. And so since that time, you have kept that from your father. Um, because you were respecting me and knowing that that's not your information to give out yeah yeah so the next one is integrity and the question there is can you choose courage and be willing to change your mind over the comfort of digging in like we just mentioned before and that's a hard one because we think of bravery or courage as like this image of somebody on a steed with a sword running into battle, right? That's not the kind of courage we really need in our society. We really need courage to have the difficult conversations, to be willing to absorb new information and change our minds. I'm not going to let go of the coming out stuff, apparently. It's just, it's worked very well for this conversation. Yeah. And... 
I think that it goes back to the coming out stuff of like, you are afraid and you do it anyway. And it's okay to be afraid. And you know that, I mean, the thing is, is that we act like coming out is something you do once and it's a big deal. And, but it's, I do it all the time, every day, every time I meet a new person, there's always this, do I tell this person? Do I say something? Like, I finally got to a place where I started putting my pronouns in my work email. I wasn't comfortable with that for a long time. It put me in this extremely vulnerable position where I'm like, now anyone I talk to has this, this like very specific information about me. And while I understand this new push to start using pronouns, I hope that there is an understanding coming from people who um, are cisgender that you are asking vulnerable people to be vulnerable when you are asking them to do that. And they should be able to do that when they are ready. It is easy for you to put your pronouns in your your thing. If your pronouns are what you were assigned at birth. Non-queer. <laughs> yeah, when you when you use the expected pronouns, it's it's not a big deal. Like when it is the scary thing when you aren't the person using the expected pronouns. I've been the only person in an entire room full of people as we go around the room introducing ourselves and the the person leading the session asks us for our pronouns and I had to be the only person in that room who was using they them pronouns. And that is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I'm sorry to get off topic a little, but it was the bravery it, the courage was trying to find that courage to do it anyway, to be afraid mm-hmm. and to do it anyway. And, and I mean, it comes in many forms. I mean, for me, I, it, I had to come out to myself and well, I didn't you do that. Come until... out to yourself first. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was like a non-event to summary. I had right. jokingly said that I was asexual. Oh yeah. And then I was like, and mom, it, that's a it, thing. And then, you know, what was it? 10 years <laughs> later, 10 years later, you told me it was yeah. a thing. I didn't know. You oh know? Yeah. No, but I know so, that you had, I was taking a queer studies class as part of my sociology degree and I was telling you about something we had been studying in class and you had said something about joking that you were asexual and I was like oh well that's a thing yeah well this was I remember when you were 13 and asked if I was ever gonna date again and I was like no (laughs) I mean I yeah I mean it wasn't quite that bad but yeah yeah, I was pretty much no (laughs) so in non-judgment This is the giving grace to yourself and to others. Are you seeing something within yourself and or within someone else that you don't like, that makes you uncomfortable, that makes you afraid, that maybe gives rise to hate? It's okay to own that, to recognize it. Give yourself grace and then breathe and go on yeah i think this for me is such a difficult thing just because i want to be 100 percent clear if you are a person of color if you are queer in any way um and i apologize for those of you who 
do don't appreciate that term, but if you are part of the LGBTQIA plus community in any way, and you were speaking with somebody who has disrespected or dehumanized you or made it clear that they don't agree with your existence because apparently that's a thing you can do. Um, I'm standing right in front of you. What do you mean? Um, <laughs> that's always a hard one. You do not owe those people the work. They have to go do that work. You do not have to engage in those conversations. If if you cannot be in that space, there is, God, I'm trying to stay away from some of the like overly used discourse, but there is the term emotional labor of like when you are trying, when you are speaking with somebody who essentially doesn't agree with the things that you agree with, there's part of you that is doing that labor of like trying to keep yourself calm and in a place where you're like just able to get through the situation. I mean, I've been in situations where you're just trying to like end the conversation because you're like, okay, I need to be as as polite as possible and get out of this situation as fast as I can because it's not safe for me or it's um you know whatever the, whatever the case may be. Please feel that you have a right. This goes back to that stepping away. But in those cases, you don't owe those people a time frame. You don't have to come back to that conversation. Yeah. You know, you telling that story brought to mind um, a visit with your grandfolks and how when you walked in the door, your grandma made a point, a comment about your piercing. Mm. And I was so proud of you in that moment because you didn't argue. You got up and you left. And it was the right response. You said nothing. It was the right response for that context. And I want to encourage you folks. There's two sides of this. There's the people that are willing to have the conversations. And there are the people that are the the kind of the core of the conversation. Like they're the ones being asked to to do the emotional labor, if you will, or, you know, so there's two sides of this and it, it depends if, you know, somebody is coming at you with a perspective of they want to hear you and they want to respect you and they're ready to listen. Mm -hmm. And then are you ready? Mm. And if you're not, it's okay to say, I'm not ready, but maybe at some point you will be not to, again, we're just going to throw in another term, but there's this thing called sea lining, sea lining, where it's like a specific form of trolling. Um, and it generally happens more online. So I would say in general, if you're able to avoid getting in these conversations online, unless you just really enjoy fighting, I don't know, but um, which some people do. Um, generally, like, you run into this term where people will be like, oh, but I'm just trying to understand, but I'm just trying to understand. And like everything you say, they're obviously not listening or not, not actually like, there's a difference between like hearing and like listening and understanding. So it's like that whole idea of like, they just disregard what you say and continue to ask some other question. Um, again, if this happens in real life, I feel like, we need to make sure we're giving ourselves non-judgment, ourselves the grace to be like, I do not have to educate this person. I do not have to do this. 
I can say to them, I'm glad that you really like seem like you care about this. Here are some resources that I can offer you. And there are people who are published authors, um, podcasters, YouTubers who are doing that work, explaining whatever situation it is that you guys are talking about. You do not have to do it if you are not in a place to do it. Well, the last one's generosity. And I think that's really um perfect one to to end with because there are two sides. And one side is can you accept a difference in viewpoint? What is your motivation for coming into the conversation in the first place? Mm -hmm. And then secondly, do you have to establish a right perspective? Because mm -hmm. that's really binary thinking in the first place. And we don't do I think we're, we under, we do, we do spectrum <laughs> thinking. We are spectrum people. The world is a spectrum. There is not one kind of bird. There's not one kind of red rose, as we talked about in our other episode. And uh, one cat can have a bunch of different colored kittens. There you go. There you go. So if you are someone that's being asked about your different perspective, or if you're someone who's asking about a different perspective, these, this braving acronym and these things that we've discussed today will help you to have those difficult conversations, but always make sure that you're ready before you do it. Well, and I like that you talked about if you're somebody who's asking to try and see from a different perspective. I do think it's super important that we acknowledge that there are a lot of people who have been doing a lot of work in these different areas, right? So I would be curious if you want to comment, you know, and let us know what areas you need resources for. I I think we can get you some resources. Maybe you can take a little bit of time to do some of that work yourself before you're trying to engage with someone from a different perspective than you. So, yeah, I think that there's a chance to go like I mean, if you're wanting to learn about anti-fat bias, there are so many resources. You've got Roxanne Gay, you've got um, Aubrey Gordon and like the maintenance phase podcast. There's so many things out there. That's just one example, but something like that. If you have something that you know you want to have a conversation about, maybe you should take some time and space that you're not taking from that person that you want to learn from and instead using other resources that already exist. Yeah. Well, I hope that this will be helpful to you as you go into the days ahead. And uh, as always, I hope that each day you might learn a new word or a new way to make the world a better place. Thank you. Bye. Bye.